We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Roto Grinders Daily Fantasy Football Podcasts are presented by Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy. Be sure to check out Yahoo this Sunday for another million dollar baller contest for week 17. This is a $20 entry, 10 entry max tournament, and once again, Yahoo is guaranteeing a quarter million in overlay for this contest. It's the best value in all of DFS, so be sure to check them out this Sunday and use promo code GRINDERS30 for a $30 matching bonus on that first deposit. If you are playing DFS this week 17, give them a look. That's Yahoo Sports Daily Fantasy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to the Week 17 edition of the DFS OGs podcast. Hope everybody out there had a Merry Christmas, and we are here to break down everything Week 17. 15 games on the main slate, 16 games on the main slate. If you're playing over at Yahoo and they are running it back, another million-dollar tournament with 250000 in overlay. So we'll cover prices on DraftKings and on Yahoo. Let me bring in my fellow OGs, boys, head shopper, Notorious, how was your Christmas? How was week 16? What are we looking forward to here in week 17? Derek, let's start with you this week. Yeah, amazing Christmas. Uh, a lot of fun. My little one just turned three, so this is kind of the first year that he understood the whole Santa thing. And now that it's over, he doesn't understand that uh, Christmas is over. He tells me there's still snow outside. It's still Christmas. So uh, that's going to be fun over the next couple of weeks, uh, telling him that there's no more presents coming. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And Pretty good NBA slate, too. Won a couple of uh, the single-entry tournaments over there on DraftKings. So, uh, yeah, really good Christmas for me. There you go. You use some of those winnings and keep giving them gifts. Just keep buying them stuff. <laughs> keep, that, keep that Christmas hope alive, man. Chop. Don't you go wrong. <laughs> How was Christmas for you, my man? Week 16 at NBA slate. How we doing, brother? Yeah, week, week 16 was really good. It was probably as good as I've had since uh, week three or four. I made a pretty good run on the Yahoo tournament with overlay. So, that was always fun. Uh, needed a little more out of Drew Brees. That was probably a poor choice of quarterbacks in hindsight. But I'll take the results of it. And then uh, Christmas is what it is, man. I love the season. I love all the holidays. I mean, I, I do. I love turning my Christmas tree lights on every night and sitting in front of the TV looking at the lights and then looking at the TV. And that's all fun. But the actual days themselves of packing things up and going to the different houses – I'll pretty much count down the hours until that whole scenario is over with, you know, and, uh, and then when it's over with, I'm fine. And then I breathe a sigh of relief, but while it's going on, it, it's, I don't, you know, I don't want to offend anybody that might be listening. It's part of those 
<laughs> those pros, those those parties, but it's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit annoying having to do all that stuff for like 48 straight hours there. But once it's over with, I'm back to normal, so we're good now. Yeah, kind of the same boat. It's a lot of traveling. It's a lot of, you know, my kids are getting older, so you, you buy them all this stuff, you get it all ready, put it under a tree, and I swear they rip through these presents. Yeah. <laughs> What's next? What else you got? And all these presents get unwrapped in the span of like three minutes. And then the house from one end to the other is toys and paper and just crazy. Yeah, a lot yeah, of travel and, here as well. And, and and then on top of all that, what it like the Christmas Eve, you know. So we, we do a party on Christmas Eve for my in-laws. We go over there. We come back. And, of course, my wife has to wrap up all the gifts for the kids, right? So I'm sitting on the couch. I'm kind of watching a little whatever they, you know, whatever they, whatever's going on. I, I forget what it was that night, watching TV, whatever. And she's in the closet. She's wrapping the gifts up. And uh, I walk in there to check on her once, and she gives me the stank eye, man, the evil eye, man. Like, <laughs> looking at And then she comes out doing stuff, and she mumbles under her breath about, you know, help and it'd be nice to have some help i'm thinking what do you want me to do i'm not a gift wrapper man i'm the worst <laughs> gift wrapper in the whole world I, my, my stuff is ugly man so what do you want me key. to do yeah, that's, that's the, key. the key right there yeah. is you, you just make it look like shit man then they're like well, oh yeah you're, you're good but you know but she knows but exactly. the thing is they know it's already looks like shit they just want to give you a hard time because they're pissed now i'm not one to get on and to get on anybody's case when they're in that mood but if i were i would say something like why don't you wrap these gifts as you buy them so you don't have to do all this shit on Christmas Eve? Why don't you wrap it one at a time as you purchase this? And then none of this is a problem right now. But I'm not one to say that to her face. So I'll just say it to you guys. You're just, you're just saying here. This is our outlet right here. Yeah. You can talk about that kind Safe of stuff. space. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm glad. The holidays are over. Like I said, love the, love the time of the year. I mean, the weather appears in the 50s. So my kids are like, where's the snow? It's sunny out. This isn't Christmas. So. It's the comedy of errors, but enjoyed it. But we are here to talk some football. And again, week 17, always unique. So we'll look at, you know, the team's motivations, what they have to play for, what's at stake, along with the analysis. I think it's a, there's a big edge in week 17. A lot of people write it off. It's not a great week. I think it's one of the better weeks if you dig in and you know your information. So we are here to help you with that. We'll break down these seven 1 o'clock games here in part one, and we'll come back in part two and break down the rest of the slate. So let's dive in, guys. Let's start with our first game. Here on week 17, we have Atlanta and Tampa Bay. So this one, we talk about motivations for teams. No motivation for either team here. I mean, it's a division game. We'll see, you know, do these teams roll it all out there? Do they do they relax, you know, not play some of their studs? We don't know that answer yet. But where is your interest level in this game? Because it's two offenses we know can score points, pretty decent total here in this game as well. So, Eric, let's get started with you here. Atlanta and Tampa Bay, 51.5 point total. We have to have some interest somewhere. Where is it coming from? Yeah, a couple notes on week 17. I generally try to avoid good players on bad teams with nothing to play for. And then at the same time, uh, the salary cap isn't as big of an issue because there's going to be a ton of value plays that open up. So, really, I'm just looking for the teams that have something to play for or for the young those young players that are going to get extra run, whether it's due to resting starters or injuries or whatever. So these two teams are kind of tough for me because uh, they don't have anything to play for and there aren't really any value plays that are, you know, really obvious uh, filling in unless Tevin Coleman ends up being out. Then we could look to Brian Hill. But for the most part, I think I'm going to be avoiding this one in cash games and then in tournaments, you know, maybe take a shot on uh, Winston. Um, it, 
Deshaun Jackson ends up being out. Don't mind going back to Chris Godwin. Uh, we've seen him play very well, uh, especially when Jackson's been out over the last two seasons. Then you can maybe bring it back with Julio. Um, if you do think this game's going to you know, have the potential to shoot out, which it does with the high total. But you just never really know what these coaches are going to do when they have uh, nothing to play for at this point. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like, I, I want to attack this game, but I'm not sure. You know, maybe we'll have news. Obviously, this is kind of a first look at the slate. Maybe by, you know, Friday, Saturday, we have more news. But as of now, Chop, it's hard for me to get excited about any of these guys because I just don't know what role they're going to play here. Uh, you know, I guess I'm probably – on the other side of that fence from, from you guys uh, at this point, unless I hear something else. But neither one of these teams have been playing for anything for a while, and they still run out their starters, and they're still trying to put up numbers. And at this point, it's a it's – a, you know, if these veterans are going to play in, in a game like this, they sure want to pad their stats for the year. So no doubt about it, I think if, if – unless we hear otherwise that these guys are only going to get a half a game or three-quarters of a game or something, I fully expect – a lot of these guys to come out here. I think this could be a sneaky shootout. You know, we've seen it before in week 17 games like this, just, just shoot out, man. So this might, this might be one of those games where guys like Winston Evans, Ryan Julio, or if Julio's down Ridley or Sanu, just eat it up and have, have big games. Uh, because they, you know, if they're going to play, they might as well pad their stats. And I, I've, I got a feeling that's kind of like the mindset of this game. Cause they're still, I mean, they've been out for a while. I don't see what this this how this is any different from last week or the week before that for these teams. All right, I mean it is an intriguing game. You know, if it, if it's full strength, no no doubt I'm going to be attacking this game because it's it's two defenses that have struggled, two offenses that can put up points. So this one to be determined. The next game for us, Dallas and the Giants. Obviously, one team out of it. Dallas locked into the number four seed here. So chop. Question for you: We've seen this scenario with Dallas before. They've rested their guys. They've said they're going to play, and they hardly play. They say they're going to play, and they're going to go all out here, all out here against the Giants. What are your thoughts here with Dallas? Do we do we dare roster these guys, Dak, Amari, Zeke? Or are you too worried that they're just going to sit everybody or play very limited snaps here? No, they'll they'll play very limited, if at all. So I, I definitely wouldn't touch a single player on the Dallas side, not at all. Uh, if they were if they were smart, and of course this is all contingent on these guys being smart so maybe they're not but if they're smart they would certainly rest Dak Elliott Cooper and every single guy in that offensive line so I think that's what's going to happen if they might play a series or two just to kind of keep in a in the weekly pattern but other than that totally off the board here 100% off the board for me I turn my attention to New York and I think uh I think we're pro my favorite player this week is Saquon. I think this is a watered-down Dallas defense in Week 17. I don't see how we get a full run from uh, the linebackers and some of the defensive linemen who are battling injuries. So I think we have a bunch of second-teamers in this game for Dallas come second or third quarter. And I think Saquon is going to go crazy in this game. So he's my favorite play. And I just that's – about, that's about the only thing I could take. I mean, maybe you could talk me into Evan Ingram, but I'm just not sure the Giants are going to be in – much of a passing mode after the first couple of quarters here. Yeah, I don't think Odell comes back for this game. He's missed the last two. I don't, I don't see any reason why he would come back. So, you know, maybe a Sterling Shepard, Ingram, like you, you mentioned, are intriguing. Derek, your thoughts here, Dallas? Yes, no, too worried about him, and then interest level on the Giants side of things. 
Yeah, I agree with Chop. I think you just avoid all things Dallas. They're six-point underdogs with an implied total of only 18 points. So clearly the betting markets uh, expect them to rest their starters. I guess if you want to play somebody, you could maybe take a shot on Michael Gallup. They could be losing here, and I don't think they're really going to limit his reps. Uh, we know he's a talented young receiver. Caught a touchdown last week. So, uh, you know, at 3,800, I don't mind him on DraftKings. Um, for the Giants, it's kind of funny. Three weeks ago, we were talking about Saquon being the offensive rookie of the year, pretty much locked in. Uh, and then now we're talking about Baker Mayfield being uh, rookie of the year. We're talking about Sam Darnold. A lot of people are saying the Giants made the wrong pick all of a sudden and they should have uh -oh. taken Sam Darnold. I mean, it's just crazy how <laughs> everything changes week to week. But uh, for me, I like to, uh, I like Saquon to have a big game here. Um, just a good spot at home. They're favored. We know he's going to get a ton of work uh, in on the ground and through the air. So, yeah, he's going to be one of my favorite running backs of the week. And then don't mind going to Shepard and don't mind going to Ingram, who has topped uh, 75 yards in three straight games. So if he finds the end zone on top of that yardage, uh, he's going to have a really big day. I can hear Chop uh, stirring over there when you brought <laughs> up quarterbacks and running backs. Chop, would you care to respond to that while we're here? I mean, he, he kind of hit it on the head as far as everybody wants to change their opinion week to week, and I'm, I'm pretty firm in my stance as to – I think, uh, honestly, we could look at – and I don't want to go into the whole thing. You guys know my, my opinion. But I think we could look at uh, just about any position and say it's replaceable if you can – you know, in hindsight, if you, if you find the sixth rounder like Tom Brady or whoever else that ends up being a good quarterback or running back – you know, I think I think every position is replaceable. Coaching means more than anything else in this league. So I'll stick with the fact that I think you should take the best players up front. I would probably lean not towards a running back in the first round. But uh, if you get a great talent like Saquon, man, you know, he can do some. There's just You can't tell me that there's very many, you know, they might be replaceable running backs when you're trying to build a good team. You can't tell me that there's very many running backs as good as Saquon or you know, whoever else you want to put in there. So I just – it probably makes for a stronger team if you have a guy like Saquon and you can match him with a good – and you saw you saw today one of the big quarterbacks yeah. for, uh, for Oregon is going to return for his senior year. So if you were planning on taking this – tanking this year, thinking you were going to get Justin Herbert, you just got screwed and you might have to wait till next year. So it, you just never know how these things change, man, from day to day. So – I'm cool with Saquon. I, I would have taken Saquon, too, at that spot. Same. I mean, the, he is not replaceable. I mean, how did, how did Wayne Gallman look last year for the Giants? <laughs> I mean, that, that's your replacement guy. How was Paul Perkins there, Giants fans? Like, this guy's a generational talent. So, we can always go back. They should have. They, they didn't. They took Saquon. Uh, yeah. I, I think it was a great pick. Now, I got one. one, one I just want to – and I, maybe I'm, I'm wrong, and I'm not saying things are totally different, but just curious – Right as of right now, it really doesn't look like the Steelers are making the playoffs. They they have to have Baltimore lose, and they need to win. It doesn't look like the Steelers. They're on the outside looking in for the playoffs. Just curious, do people think that the Steelers would have possibly made the playoffs this year with Le'Veon Bell there for all sixteen games? I think so. I think they would have made the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm wrong here, but. They're not going to make the playoffs, and with Le'Veon, I think they would have made the playoffs. It's pretty, it's a pretty, you know, simple, simplistic argument. But running backs do matter, man. Yes, they do. So <laughs> we could talk. We could probably do a whole podcast just on this topic. <laughs> so let's get back to Week 17. Let's move on to our next game: Carolina and New Orleans. Obviously, Carolina out of it. 
New Orleans locked into the number one seed. So this screams one of those situations that we're going to get a bunch of backups here. I, I don't see them playing Drew Brees, Kamara, Ingram, Thomas. I think these guys will get the day off. So the question is, do we have interest in the backups here? You know, are we interested in a Teddy Bridgewater throwing darts at some of these receivers, or is this just a stay away? The Carolina side of things, the Tyler Haneke show was, was quick one week, and now we're on to the next guy. Kyle Allen will be their starting quarterback, 4K on DraftKings. So top interest level in the Saints backups, interest level in Carolina with their number three quarterback. Uh, I would say for New Orleans, I think you hit it on the head. I think I think these guys come out just for a customary drive or two just to stay in the pattern of the weekly games because they're going to get a bye week next week also. So, And then that's it. So New Orleans is off the table for me. Uh, I don't know how they're going to treat their defense, which is unfortunate because I would love, love to load up on the defense facing Kyle Allen this week. He's not. I mean, I'd be shocked if he comes in and is a – and he's even a halfway decent quarterback. This is a guy that transferred from A&M to Houston. I got to watch him for about a year or so. Man, he lost he lost out on his starting quarterback job to a uh, a guy with no scholarship at first. Like he's not a good quarterback. So, but I don't know if New Orleans is going to come out and play their defenders for a full game either. So that's kind of rough. But I ultimately. This might be a stay away game for me, man. I don't, I don't trust McCaffrey's going to play full, full snaps. Don't trust the receivers here with Kyle Allen as their quarterback. So, this is a game I think I could fade, except for maybe I got thoughts of the New Orleans defense if I think they're going to play a full game. All right, Derek. Same questions to you. A lot of backups here, and you know, it's you know, it's tough, but you can find some value here. Anybody standing out? Or are you staying away from this one? Yeah, I uh, don't know who Kyle Allen is. I was hoping to get a better scouting report from Chop because uh, 4K against the Saints who are probably going to be playing their uh, backups in the Superdome. Sounds intriguing. So I, I might make a tournament lineup or two with him on DraftKings just because he is min salary. But there's going to be a lot of value, so we're probably not going to need that uh, savings this week. Uh, for the Saints, yeah, I think you just avoid them. Not really sure what to expect and don't really want to play any of their backups, especially if the starters are going to get a couple series. So... Yeah, pretty much a stay away game for me, and it sounds like McCaffrey could end up, uh, you know, getting limited or even, uh, you know, uh, may hold him out. It sounds like they're going to have a team meeting. So this early in the week, it's kind of hard to know what to do uh, with McCaffrey and uh, some of the Panthers. But for the most part, it's a stay away game, even though it's in the Superdome in New Orleans. Yeah, I think by Sunday we'll have some value maybe we feel okay about. But as of this point, and unfortunate for you guys as the listeners, you know, we don't want to just throw darts here, but – you ever want updated feelings on what we're thinking? Twitter is always there. DMs on Roto Grinders for the up-to-date information from us. Let's move on, guys. Jets and Patriots, our next game up here. The Jets, you know, they're fighting. It was a great, entertaining game with Green Bay. They go in to play their divisional rival in New England, who needs a win for, for the lock of that number two seed, which is important, obviously. Uh, a bye week, you know, a home game in the next round of the playoffs. So it's a big spot for New England. I mean, they could fall quite a few spots here with a loss and some of the teams behind them pick up wins. So I think this is one spot where we do want to pay attention and load up on some Patriots there. The question is who? You know, we don't know. Every week we kind of do the same thing. Like, we love the Patriots. They got a nice big team total. But is it the passing game? Which one of their 15 running backs do we utilize? So – Anyone here stand out in this matchup with the Jets? 
Yeah, I really want to target the Patriots here, but it's kind of the same issue as last week. I don't really know which direction to go. I think Sonny Michelle probably has the safest floor of any of the running backs because he's going to get, you know, 16 to 18 carries, uh, probably not going to see any receptions, and that's kind of troublesome on the full PPR sites like DraftKings. Pretty much a touchdown or bust type of play, and he's not priced down uh, to where I'd like him to be. So not really sure I want to target the running backs, maybe take a shot on Edelman. Uh, he's been the most consistent pass catcher uh, pretty much all year for the Patriots. So don't mind looking at him. Probably not going to be going to Chris Hogan. I think a couple people took a chance on him last week. Didn't get a single target. Um, anytime Chris Hogan becomes even remotely chalk, you want to stay away from him. And maybe go back to Gronk at 5,100. I uh, know he was held out last game, didn't have a single catch. So Maybe they get him going a little bit before the playoffs. Uh, for the Jets, I mean, there's a lot to like over on that side of the ball. They've got Elijah McGuire, who's playing well. Um, had a big game last week against the Packers. We have Robbie Anderson, who just has been eating up all the targets uh, there in that passing game. 11 targets against the Texans, 13 last week against the Packers. He scored a touchdown in three straights. So he's going to be a guy that I'm going to try to work into quite a few lineups. And, uh, yeah, maybe, uh, you know, work in McGuire in the other lineups. All right, Chop, same question. Let's find the Patriots, and we want a roster here against the Jets. And then the Jets side of thing, I like the names Derek brought up, guys, that I've been utilizing the last couple weeks. Even Sam Darnold playing some good football. So thoughts here, Patriots and Jets. Yeah, so there's a of the couple of teams that need to win this week that are playing teams that are completely out of it. I think this is one of those games that has a chance to be a lot more competitive than people give it uh, – you know, are giving it credit for our Jets are playing pretty decent right now. New England just doesn't look good. So I'm I'm with Derek. I think those names on the Jets side look fine. I, I'll play all those guys again, fire them up again, not a problem. On the New England side, uh, if I think it's going to stay competitive, which I do, I think we turn back to Edelman and, and James White and even – you know what, I don't want to go Sony – like the snaps, the production seems decent. But it's going to catch up to you, the fact that he's not playing enough snaps. Like, he's just not playing enough snaps right now to fully be engaged as a number one running back. I think he's played, like, 20 mid-20s in the snaps the past few weeks. And he's getting – every time he's on the field, it seems like he's getting a carry. It's not – there's not much, uh, you know, there's not much of a role to him except for going on the field and getting a carry and then going off the field for James White or or even Rex Burkhead. So – and Tom Brady didn't – I mean, he had a shot last week to really come out and have one of those classic Brady December four touchdown games, and he didn't do it. I don't even think he scored one touchdown. So, I don't I hate to say it, guys, but Tom Brady's washed, and I don't want any piece of him this week either. That's that's the worry here as well. Old, old Gronk in the season-long championships really needed about eight or nine out of them and a big old zero. So did not, <laughs> did not go well there. So there's my season-long update. Thank you, Gronk. Chris Hogan, like you mentioned, Derek, big bummer last week. I thought he provided some value. So a third and wrong there on Chris Hogan. So we like New England. Still going to dig into it, but I do like McGuire and Anderson on the other side. All right, next game, Derek, we got your Jags going to Houston here. The Texans, one of those teams, there is still something to play for. They can still move up and pass New England here and get a, get a, get a bye. They could also tumble quite a ways here from that number three spot where they sit. So another team with a lot to play for here, Chop. Is this the spot we, we fire up the Houston offense? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think Jacksonville is, you know, they've already melded in, so the defense looks terrible for the most part. 
So, yeah, I think you can fire up Houston, uh, Deshaun Watson. DeAndre's going to get all the uh, targets he can handle with. Poor Demarius going down, RIP Demarius, man. Another Achilles injury for him. That's, man, I hate to say he probably yeah. never going to come back and be the same, but he's probably never going to come back and be the same. So, But DeAndre will get the targets if QT is back, which I hope he is. Maybe he grabs a lot of – He's he'd be the sneaky play if he comes back this week. I could definitely fire up QT and uh, – I don't think I want to mess around with the running game. It's kind of in flux. Foreman's active and Blue is backing up Miller and Miller's injured, though I think it's a three-headed monster if if Miller is active. So I would stick to Deshaun and Hopkins and QT if QT's active. And on the other side, Jacksonville, there's, man, no way. They don't do it. We don't know what the running backs are going to do. Fournette's actually didn't even practice today. And this is – we're shooting this on a Wednesday, so – Fournette's questionable. I don't trust any of the other guys. And every single great matchup you think for Westbrook and Moncrief just never materializes for them. They just never do anything. So, yes, it's a pass funnel defense for Houston, but I don't think that they're able to even get the ball to Westbrook and Moncrief or Cole. So I don't need to take a chance on that. A sneaky name here could be DeAndre Carter for Houston. We've kind of seen him, you know, seven targets in that last game. It's six targets back in week 13. So, only 3,600 on DK. Keep an eye on the status of QT. Like you said, Chop, I think he's intriguing. But if not, I think Carter could be a guy that gets involved here and maybe a guy people don't know about yet so you can capture some low ownership there. So, Derek, Jags, as a Jags fan, you just want him to lose here? Like, is that is that the hope? Enhance that draft pick? Or you want him to fight to the finish and take down the Texans, kind of tumble their number two, number three spot in the playoffs here? I've had enough losses over the years that I don't mind one more. Uh, give me the better draft pick for sure. Uh, I do think you can fire up Texans defense in this one and a must-win game at home. But uh, Blake Bortles, I mean, it sounds like they're going to release him in the offseason. He's going to get one more chance to start. Uh, so he's going to be fighting for his future job. Uh, maybe he puts up a pretty decent outing here, especially if Fournette's out. Maybe they have to rely on the passing game a little bit more. So. Uh, at that price point, I don't hate the idea of using portals in a tournament. Um, and if he plays well, then you can look at some of the pass catchers. And, uh, you know, Westbrook probably going to be my favorite there. But I think the Texans' defense is probably your better bet. As far as the Texans' offense, their implied total is only at 23 right now. Uh, it's lower than the Falcons and the Bucks, two teams that we talked about that are probably going to be, you know, pretty low-owned in that potential shootout, even though we don't really know what to expect, uh, you know, player-wise. But I just don't really want to – Trust the Texans in this spot. I mean, low total. Uh, Chop mentioned the three-headed running back uh, spot. And Deshaun Watson, well, I like him. I mean, Jacksonville's not a terrible defense by any means. So, for the most part, I don't have a ton of interest in this one outside of the Texans' D. Yeah, that total sitting about 40. So, you know, it's, it's a nice home favorite. But I agree with the running back spot. You know, who is it? Is it Blue? Is it Foreman? Is it a combination of both? So, I like the Texans, but not going to get overly excited about them. Next game. A meaningless NFC North battle. It's hard to say when my Packers are in a meaningless game at Week 17, but here we are at home against the Lions. So a divisional game. Clearly Green Bay still going to go out there and play hard. I mean, it was an entertaining game with the Jets. Aaron Rodgers finally put that big game together. I think the story here is Devontae Adams, Derek. You know, close to breaking a lot of receiving records here for Green Bay. Needs a couple receptions to beat that record. About 140-some yards to beat the season-long receiving record there for Green Bay. Is that of interest to you? Because Darius Slay's on the other side. I know it's a guy people avoid, but for me, I'm, I'm firing up some Devontae Adams this weekend. 
Yeah, in the last meeting against Slay, he caught 9 to 12 balls for 140 yards and a touchdown. I love that you brought up the potential records that he has uh, going for him. Before last week's game, he said he didn't know the exact numbers, but he really hoped that uh, Rodgers did know those exact numbers so he could get it to him. I think uh, they're going to try to you know do whatever they can to force him the ball at home against the, the Lions. Love this spot, love this spot. So don't mind looking at Rodgers. Obviously want to pair him up with Adams. Uh, Jamal Williams looked pretty good last week. Uh, I was third and wrong. Used my third and wrong on that one. Um, I kind of preferred some of the other running backs uh, over him and uh, ended up having that big game, 95 yards on the ground, caught six of nine targets for 61 yards. Uh, so I think you can go back to him as well. Uh, we got to think that the Packers want to go out on top. They obviously showed last week that they still you know, want to play for something. So I really like the Packers side of things. And then on the opposite side, if you want to bring it back, I would yeah, definitely go to Kenny Galladay. 15 targets last week, only caught six of them. Uh, but that was a tough matchup against Xavier Rhodes. Now it gets a very beatable matchup against the Packers, who were kind of burned by uh, Robbie Anderson last week. So I think there's a lot to like in this one. Yeah, I think there could be some offense in this one. Both defenses you know, leave a lot to be desired. One name to keep an eye on, Jay Kumaro for Green Bay. Minimum price on DraftKings. Saw him get that touchdown last week. And you got Cobb and St. Brown, both questionable, coming into this one. So it was a guy that Rodgers really liked, threw a lot to in the preseason. Uh, did very well there, got hurt. Now he's back and maybe a guy that they want to get a longer look at. So minimum price, I think he's one of the better values on this slate. Chop thoughts here, Lions and Packers. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Uh, Devontae Adams was, you know, probably one of the better wide receiver plays on the weekend that we can trust. And because uh, I trust he's going to want to, you know, go out there and break records. And last week uh, with Cobb being out, I turned a little bit of a focus to Equinemius St. Brown. I think he's a solid play, again, if, if we get some uh, injuries there for Green Bay. And and then Jamal's fine. But I, I think we used up our Jamal Williams good game last week. I probably might not want to push the envelope again on that one. So uh, I stick to Devontae and Equinemius. And, uh, you know, if you're the, you're the Packers guy, if you're tell, telling me Kumaro's for real, then I'll, I'll – Got no problem playing Kumaro. And on the flip side, yeah, man, I'm all about the Kenny Galladay here. Uh, maybe even Stafford finishes off strong. I don't have any interest in the running game here and no interest in any other receivers outside of Galladay. All right, last game for us here in part one, the last early game we got in week 17, Miami and Buffalo. So, Chop, give me something to be excited about in this one. I'm not seeing it. <laughs> I just – well, I mean, you're asking me. To I'm get you excited you about this find, game, find this is, I don't. Here. <laughs> I mean, I want to. Okay, so Miami's out of it; they're done deal. So maybe they fold up on defense here. And from Buffalo's perspective, honestly, they've they've surprised the heck out of me with some of their fantasy guys here over the last four or five weeks. Josh Allen is has been a GPP winner when he gets the right matchup. So he could definitely do that in this matchup. Robert Foster, an incredible deep threat right there. I, would, I don't mind Robert Foster. And then you're just straight up target hog is, is Zay Jones, who is not bad. You know, we like, I think what we saw from him and why he got such a bad rap is because the quarterbacks were so bad for so long with him there. And Josh Allen's actually looked pretty decent over the last half of the season. So Zay Jones is a guy you could turn to, man. So I actually think Buffalo is very much in play to, to be a GPP type of a passing game here. And, uh, I mean, I don't think I want to take a chance on McCoy. He hasn't done anything all year. I don't want to 
you know, wait till week 17. I don't just can't think that now is going to be the breakout time. Well, although maybe it is, I don't know how, but I like Josh Allen. I like Foster. I like Zay Jones for Miami. I don't think, I don't think I'm on them as much. Buffalo's got a fairly stringent defense, especially at home. I would, I would think about Kalen Balazs, but I think the defense is a little too tough. I don't think, uh, I don't think I want any pieces of passing game here either. So I think it's just Buffalo for me. Yeah, Miami. I mean, Kalen Balazs was, was a guy a lot of people were excited about. Had the big game the week before and then comes back and, you know, gets four carries. Now, I did get four targets, but still a guy that, that let a lot of people down. So it's just hard to, to get too excited about Miami. Buffalo, you, you made some good points there. I don't, I don't know if you sold me or not. Let's go to Derek and find out where he's at. Optimist, pessimist, where are we at on Buffalo here? Yeah, I'm probably an optimist uh, as well about the Buffalo passing offense. The Dolphins have been playing without two pieces of their secondary, Xavier Howard and uh, TJ McDonald. So keep an eye on their injuries throughout the week. If they end up being out, I think it's a great spot for Josh Allen. Uh, you can pair him up with Zay Jones or with uh, Robert Foster, who's kind of their deep threat. Uh, he's If you like air yards, you should like uh, Robert Foster. <laughs> Getting a lot of deep targets, and we know Josh Allen doesn't mind taking – some shots downfield. So I think it's a really good spot for their offense. Uh, Allen pretty much had his worst game possible and ended up with 14 fantasy points. So got to think he's going to improve on that this week against the Dolphins. And on the opposite side, yeah, I don't think you can play anyone really from Miami. Uh, Balazs, like you mentioned, I'm glad I avoided that landmine. Uh, very first drive, I think Brandon Bolden ended up getting the touchdown. So I'm sure a lot of people were tilted about that one. Uh, but yeah, I agree with Chop. It's all about the Buffalo passing game in this one. What's up with Brandon Bolden all of a sudden? All the years in New England doesn't do anything but special teams comes into Miami and he's a, he's a troll scoring all the touchdowns. So I had a little bit of Bellage there. It's a little frustrated, but that situation, I'm just going to stay away from Miami. I, I don't mind the Buffalo side. You guys talked me into it a little bit. Uh, they are playing hard. There, there are some cheap values there that are of intrigue. So keep an eye on Buffalo. And that's where we'll cut it off here. For part one, but come on back for part two. We'll have that posted tomorrow. We'll finish up the analysis here. A lot of the better games are, are the four o'clock slate. You know, to group these teams together. And we have Sunday night football, which is also on the Yahoo main slate. So we'll talk about that as well. So for Notorious, for Head Chopper, I am Beer, Sansalu. Best of luck here in week 17, but come on back for part two. We'll see you guys.